Good evening and happy Thursday, everybody. We are running in, in memory of the NBA trade deadline, a three-man weave for tonight's show, the Big Gold Bell podcast, talking a myriad of things, Keith Lee, Jay White, and the like. Find out what we're going to think about all these things, and we might get some NBA trade deadline news thrown in there for good measure. Coming up next on the Big Gold Bell podcast. Be right back. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2. Even though we've gotten over 300-some-odd episodes, we're still back at Season 2. Joining me today is, I said, the trifecta of myself. Damian G, over to my, I guess my right, will be Heel Will Mahoney. And down below me, Circle Gets the Square, uh, Giant Crab Jamal. Gentlemen, how are we feeling tonight? Actually, okay. It's wow. Okay. Okay. It's, we are a week away from Terminus. Mm-hmm. That's you know oh. that's next Thursday. Excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. COVID, calm down. <laughs> the so numbers are trending we... in the right direction for that sort <laughs> right. of thing. Let's keep it up. Keep up the good work, people. We're getting we're, we're there. We uptick like the uh, S and P and the Dow Jones the last couple of days. So you know after a big, you know Terminus fall. But uh, AEW. Let's start there because, you know, this whole forbidden door verbiage is starting to get on people's nerves. You know, back back when I was a kid, the forbidden door meant going into the adult section of like Blockbuster Video, you know, oh. and having that one person stare at you when you're a teenager trying to sneak to the back trade publications. But apparently Tony Khan, uh, Congress, what have you, uh, that's another topic for another day. Rep- Representative uh, Khan, you mean? Is it, is it Tony or is it dad? No, it will, it apparently been- it- it would have been Tony, uh, as the uh, the filing alleged, uh, said, um, Tony Khan, care of the Jaguar Stadium. Because, yeah. You know. <laughs> Representing the All Elite Party. Yeah. I'm, I'm dying to know who party. was behind this. Who was behind the this uh, filing? <laughs> the same people that probably filed Keith Lee as Bearcat, but that's beside the point. So, AW again with these verbiage usages. Uh, we had two, not just one, we had two debuts last night. On AEW Dynamite, which I sat down and actually watched from beginning to end, which is the first for me in a long time. Uh, we had, which is what much expected, which was the appearance and debut of one Keith Lee. Uh, and then a secondary, a secondary one, which apparently Tony said didn't have booked until, what was it, Sunday or Monday? Uh, because he botched his own forbidden door terminology, realizing Keith Lee was a free agent. So there's no door to be open nor closed. So Jay White pops up out of nowhere in a very nondescript way in a segment between Rapongi Vice, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and again, the parking lot. Y'all need to, wrestlers, stay out of the parking lot, okay? Nothing stay good happens in the parking trucks. lot. <laughs> Did we not learn from Rey Mysterio Jr.? Stay out of the parking lot and production trucks. But Jay White made a random appearance. So I guess the first, the first thing we'll start with is... Uh, I'll get I'll get Crab in here first. Which is the bigger surprise, Jay White or Keith Lee? Well, personally, and this is just my own ignorance, I don't know who Jay White is. Fair. I don't watch New Japan. I've know of the name because people want to stop talking about him. Uh, but that name doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't really mean much. So by default, Keith Lee is the bigger name. With that said because I don't know who he is. I just see some guy in a Dead by Daylight jacket show up and I'm going, okay. And the crowd pops as they're supposed to. I don't, that doesn't mean, I, I, the bell has to ring first. We, I need matches. And even in Keith Lee, I still think that yes, 
I know what the history says, but I also know that there is no history of him in AEW. So I still need for him to show me something. And if that was a taste that we got on Wednesday, then fine. You know, I'm, I'm quicker to uh, levy a judgment. But I, but what I do know is that the potential is there for everything to happen. I just need to make sure that my suspicions are confirmed. So uh, Keith Lee, you know, by default, unfortunately, but that's more opportunity for me to become introduced to uh, Mr. James White. What about you, Will? Of the two, this is an interesting one, because I would say there was more hype and more speculation regarding Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Lord knows there was rumblings, and there were some regarding Jay White, but I would say of the two, Keith Lee, there was a lot more expectation he was showing up. So in some ways, in that respect, Jay White kind of was a bigger surprise and I wasn't expecting him to be there quite as much that said Keith Lee is who I'm definitely more excited to see after all this time Jay White's a guy that's never done much for me he's okay he's there like I've seen him you know it's kind of it's kind of funny because when he rose to prominence in New Japan coincides when I started to lose interest in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go hand in hand. They put the belt on him there. And that's when I kind of started to be like, you know, we're going on the fourth bullet club leader. This whole formula is just getting kind of stale for me. And that's when I kind of started to check out on New Japan was when Jay White kind of got put in that main event picture. So, and I've heard from plenty of people that, oh, that's, that's some BS. He's so damn great. And all this. And I'm like, well, no, for me, he just doesn't do much for me. Like I said, he's not horrible, but I've never been blown away by the guy. He's just kind of there. So Keith Lee is definitely the more exciting one to me. But for Keith Lee, this all comes down to one thing, at least for right now. For me, my initial question as far as Keith Lee goes is, does that guy from 2017 who was tearing up the indies, who was the hot commodity, who was, you know, just awesome as all get out, Mm -hmm. is any of that still left? five years later after the fact. That's kind of the big question now. After the tumultuous road he's been on for the past several years, through NXT, through the main roster, through health issues and all kinds of stuff, who who is Keith Lee today? That That's the first thing I'm waiting to see. And we got a little taste last night, but granted, it was not much of a taste. It was, it was a very short taste. So time's going to tell on that. And that's my first question there is, you know, who is Keith Lee these days? And it's kind of the same deal with Jay White. We've never really seen Jay White in the States, except for on Impact. And, you know, his Ring of Honor appearances when he was a very different guy. So is this is this version of Jay White interesting in AEW or not? And heck, who is he? Is he even in AEW? Because Lord knows he did not get the graphic. He is definitely New Japan property. So he's the Forbidden Door aspect. Keith Lee's the new signing who gets the graphic free agent if you will like you were saying so it's two very different pieces of talent in my mind so i'll give my feedback on jay white really fast first time i saw him was at a house of glory show i want to say 2017 Uh, he faced ken broadway and who i think if you know ken broadway's work you're wondering why the hell hasn't he gotten a bigger pub because i've been i've been waiting for for him to take off for a while now uh, so that's my my push for people. If you want to watch a Ken Broadway match, him and Leo Rush, uh, their series of matches in House of Glory, go check that out. Uh, so that was my first time seeing him. He didn't have the beard. Okay, that was number one. So you want to answer your first question for him, Will, is what's different about Jay Wyatt? What's the big deal? He didn't start getting noticed until he caught the beard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know how in society, when you take the beard off of somebody, they, they kind of lose a lot of their luster and a lot of their shine or a beard makes them more intriguing. It's almost like being hat fished. I feel like Jay White is beard fishing because you put a beard on him in New Japan and all of a sudden he's a bullet club leader, right? Because I remember chaos and all that other stuff. Uh, But do you remember anything the bullet club has done lately since Kenny left? Beside that feud with G.O.D. and and aside from that, because like you said, Will, you left New Japan around that time. Right. Same for me. Uh, I stopped really keeping in touch with New Japan after that point. So seeing him on Impact with Chris, you know, Chris Bay, I feel like Chris Bay is giving a better rub to Jay White in the States than vice versa, uh, if you're an Impact fan. 
So if you're the second banana in a feud where you're supposed to be the leader of a faction, you're not that big of a deal. Uh, if you're being brought in for a backstage segment where you don't even speak a word with the Bucks and with you know Adam Cole and even Rapongi Vice, that's not a good start for you. So I think the bigger surprise is the fact that Jay White being made of a big deal. Now, I know we're going to get some New Japaners out there who are going to say, oh, man, Switchblade, this, that, and the third. Man, listen, ever, I feel like he peaked for me with that Ken Broadway match because everything else for him has <laughs> been kind of meh. Uh, so that's just my own prerogative. Debate us in the comments at Big Gold Belt on Twitter. That's fine. Uh, but the Keith Lee comparison, the Keith Lee appearance, did what needed to be done. My man Isaiah Cassidy literally was thrown, flung, flipped, <laughs> you know, chucked. I saw, you know, I shared it on my Twitter last night where they Uncle Phil'd him. You know, Uncle Phil to jazz. Basically, <laughs> Keith Lee played the role of Uncle Phil, tossing my man around like he was jazz outside the, outside the mansion. Uh, that Beal was exactly what it needed to be. Damn near threw him to the opposite turnbuckle. Uh, private party, you know what? You deserve a bonus for just bumping around for Keith Lee last night. So good for you. Uh, that was what the, the debut was necessary. The music was good. Ruckus did a good theme for him. Uh, but to your point, Will, we don't know which version of Keith Lee we're going to get. You know, like he's reborn in this like, wow, I'm in a new terrain. I'm in a new area. The shiny new toy with the graphics, like we always say. But we've had the same thing with people like Christian Cage, where the graphic came out and all of a sudden you have one or two matches. Now you're the mouthpiece of the Jurassic Express. You know, I, everyone keeps saying strap the rocket on Keith Lee. But uh, if you've been watching lately, the new toy luster kind of fades after what? One pay-per-view? Same thing with Ruby Soho where, you know, she had the graphic and then the one pay-per-view. And then she was back on 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 Dark and on, on what, uh, Rampage. You know, so I'm curious to see which version of Keith Lee we're going to get. Is he going to steamroll everybody? Is he going to go through the entire Hardy family where he's going to take on the Butcher and the Blade next? After he destroys private uh, private party, then is he going to go fighting with uh, Darby and Darby's dad Sting? Like, there's many ways you could go here, but I think the bigger surprise was was Jay White. But with Keith Lee, is yeah, I agree with Will. What version are we going to get? Are we going to get the the WWE stink off of him sooner rather than later, or is it going to be this new version of Keith Lee where he just barrels through everybody, where he does the pounce and Adam Cole flies back into the audience? But that's 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 the fun. Uh, so for me, that's where I'm at with this. So if anyone else has anything else they want to say about this topic, feel free. Well, yeah, I think that's obviously the biggest thing is you know, deciding on where he goes. And we know that AEW has definitely a wrestler centric, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever you bring to the table is what you bring. Nobody's going to drag you along in a storyline or, or get you over. That's the thing that you got to do. So obviously, with all of the angst from Keith Lee leaving WWE, the real question is, is now that he has the ball, how far will he run with it? Right. And that's that's just going to be the thing that, you know, we all that's the question that everybody needs answered. So uh, there's a pay-per-view coming up in about a month, uh, mm -hmm. just under a month. He's by when of that match, he's going to be a part of the ladder match at the pay-per-view um, for the TNT title. So, you know, what does that look like for him? I just hope really, really, really hope that uh, talent management is something that AEW seems to struggle with as their roster continuously grows. Mm -hmm. and, how, and even though we know where he's going to be in March uh, and he's going to be there in Orlando, but what about in July? Because mm -hmm. Jay Lee came in at full gear, made it an immediate impact, and where is he now? You know, barring injury or something like that, he just hasn't been hasn't made the end that that star definitely faded so it's you know it's it's very flash in the pan uh for for aw where it's just the big pop and the big notoriety and then they kind of fade into the background and i think that that did happen to ruby soho personally i don't think that she's good enough of the hype that she um you know commanded but then again you know that's what the point of hype is um after the hype dies down where are you and Ruby Soho isn't on TV. Now, is that because she's been uh, phased out and will be brought back and, you know, on the back end of a rotation? You know, what others get their shine? Uh, who knows? But it is interesting to see what that looks like, not necessarily in an A team and a B team, 
with an A1 team and an A2 team where, you know, they are just constantly rotating people out and you don't have time to realize that your favorite might not be there because you are introduced to a new favorite. So maybe that's what they're getting into, that constant rotation, because their pay-per-views are four months apart and they have time to do that. You know, we don't need everybody on TV every single time, every single week in every city. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we, we get back to you know, featuring, you know, the people that you brought in because I, because I'm starting to see more Brian cages than I am seeing, you know, John Moxley's, you know, impact featured every week. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the thing where, whereas where he, he falls into place in this new landscape, sort to speak, you know, like there's a lot of ways you could take him and we could fantasy book till we're blue in the face, but he's over. Okay. The crowd loved him yesterday. That's that would that was known. Uh, he's got those five athletic moves that he busts out where he does the leapfrog, the drop down, the the spin kick like he's Ryu from Street Fighter, you know, and then he just chops people in the chest and flings them around. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not looking forward to seeing him up against, you know, the biggest and the baddest. But I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him work with the mid card of AEW, potentially you know, anyone on the come up, I would love to see him throw Darby on around for about an hour. That would make me, laugh. <laughs> you know, I would yep. like to see if he breaks Sting in half and send him to AARP officially, you know, or even him against Miro. I would love to see that. Cause where the hell's Miro right now? I know he's injured, but he can't be, you know, gaming that much. I mean, come on. Uh, and then the next question is, and it's on a lot of people's minds where people are already petitioning Tony Khan to bring in Keith's, you know, new wife, Mia Yim to the women's division because you figured they might be a package deal. Uh, you know, they'll bring in Keith and then inevitably bring in Mia Yim. Right. Uh, for, and then for what? To feud with the butcher and the bunny? You know, like, so I'm very curious to see where this goes. Is it a comet, you know, where it takes off and then it dies out in, in the stratosphere? Or are we going to get a steady rise? You know, people like strap mm. the rock on back. Uh, but I want to go back to, to Jay White really fast to, to what Will said about you know, he didn't get the graphic. No, he's New Japan property. We don't even know if he's going to be allowed to wrestle on AEW because he's barely doing stuff on Impact, just on name alone. And I think to your points was the whole Forbidden Door thing where they kind of painted themselves into a corner. They had to have somebody walk through the door. And I was like, well, might as well pick you, Jay White. Like a Pokemon you don't want. I choose you. <laughs> and and <laughs> That's the way you bring in this forbidden door thing is you have them in a B minus feud with the Bucks or a Pongi Vice. Like, all right. Well, think think back, think back to like a year ago when they brought in a Kenta for that like one off where he he came in, he had like the US title match and then like never seen again. It was like more of a cameo than anything else. Is that what this is? Is it just gonna be like the latest, you know, cameo of a Yuji Nagata type who like, okay, we got, you know, we got a name here, a guy you might know from watching New Japan and are here for a week or two on vacation. And then they disappear <laughs> into the ether. You know? <laughs> They're on holiday. They decided to spend holiday in Jacksonville for whatever reason. Uh, so uh, that's where we're at. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say regarding this topic, but I will say for commentary, JR, how the F are you going to compare Keith Lee saying he's a young Mark Henry. <laughs> oh, no. Boy. Stop it. Stop your co- stop color coding. Because if you would have said Vader, <laughs> I would have said cool. But you really had to go with Mark Henry because have you ever seen Mark Henry do a drop down and a leapfrog? Have you well, ever you seen know. Mark Henry do anything that Keith Lee has done before? Well, I mean, to be fair, Mark Henry versus Bradshaw kind of reminds me of Keith Lee versus Dijak. Really? Minus no, all the not at all. fast movement. Yeah. You had me there for a split <laughs> Like, what? Okay. Yeah, that's insane. Um, I, I think that's kind of what that is for uh for Ross. And you know, it's just his connection because I don't think that he current he keeps up with the product other than what he has to. Right. So if he were to say, you know, an athletic big man after the year 2000, you know. That's not like a Bobby Lashley or Monty Brown or somebody, somebody like that. Just mm-hmm. because that because Keith Lee is bigger than those guys, more physically imposing than those guys. Yes. Um, 
but I, I think he, I think Mark Henry is probably the, the first guy that he came that came to mind. And it's the same thing, you know. I, I guarantee that as soon as we get uh, Will Hobbs wins the AEW Championship, uh, he's going to be the next Ron Simmons. Damn. Because oh yeah, I can hear it. it. It's not, you know, that just sounds like something he would say, uh, and it's, it has nothing to do other than the fact that there are two dots that you need to connect. So, yeah, that's kind of on brand for Ross. But since you brought up uh, things said on TV, why did Jericho evoke Eddie yep. Guerrero? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of diss him? I mean, in the promo with uh, Santana, he said, mm-hmm. you remind me a lot about my good friend Eddie, and you always make this about you. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, oh wait, wait. You, that's not that's not a good thing. Why did you bring him up? Right. There was no need to bring Eddie Guerrero up in that promo. There's no comparison. You're com- like, really? Yeah. Come Even on, if the man. comparison was a was a metaphysical thing, like a personality? Yes, personality. Uh, he brought him up in a negative way. It's like, yeah, you remind me of Eddie Guerrero, your wife beating drunk. Like, no, no, that's not <laughs> what you want to say. Jeez. That's not the that's not the metaphor that you want to use. Um, but he kind of made Eddie to be like egotistical and self-centered when he said that you make everything about you. And whether that's true or not isn't the issue. It's just the why why bring that up? The need to say it. Yeah, that's, why, that's the why, why do that? But out of all the people in all of your history in 50 years of wrestling, Jericho, why Eddie? Why then? Why? Why at all? It, it's just baffling. Baffling to me. Connect the dots, like you said, Jamal. Well, that's, well, there's that's that. basically it. So. Jericho was probably thinking he could get a pop for name dropping Eddie there that would make him not be so much of a heel in that promo. And it's like, dude, just just no but, unnecessary. But, and he did. But the thing is is that you realize that he's talking to somebody that he doesn't like in the moment. Right. So why mm-hmm. would I bring up somebody that I don't like in the moment? Like you remind me of my ex-wife. Well, that would make more sense because that he's my ex. So obviously I don't have a pleasant uh, uh, you know, opinion of her in this moment as I'm speaking to an adversary. Mm-hmm. So for him to take that tone and to evoke, you know, Eddie negatively is dumb. Whether it's the truth or not, it's just dumb in context. So, by the way, I did love how Santana kept looking at the camera while Jericho was talking, breaking the fourth wall. I love that. Yeah, like, it's great. Get a load of this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like, you see this guy over here? It's insane. Uh, like you, this clown right here. Speaking yeah. of egotistical, yeah, Chris Jericho. Yeah, there you go. Well, there's that. But it's it's an interesting uh, you know thing, and I. I'm surprised. I mean, the ratings came out earlier today and mm-hmm. AEW did a hell of a number, um, especially up against the Olympics, which, you know, call it what you want. The Olympics aren't live when AEW is live because it's nine in the morning in China. And I think a lot of events don't start until 11 a.m. local time. Uh, so it's mostly highlights and primetime coverage from the previous day or the previous morning uh, for the Olympics. So I'm not going to give them like a total win. But the bottom line is, is that, yeah, they did a hell of a job against the Olympics. And also, more importantly, a lot of the Olympics are on NBC uh, over the air, which are not counted against cable numbers. So uh, it's a separate listing. So that's, I mean, if you wanted to say they beat the Olympics, well, then add Channel 4 in there. (laughs) That's a different number uh, by far. So um, interesting, you know, interesting show. Interesting as they build towards a pay-per-view. Nashville is going to be interesting next week um as we get you know mercedes martinez versus rosa in a light in a uh, not a lights out match but a no dq match mm-hmm. uh just a lot of new bits and pieces that they're adding and i just hope that they have room for everything and that's you know that's kind of where we are with that and, and i think a lot of that and we could talk about this as we head into the break in a few minutes but with the bloated roster of aew where it starts off top heavy with like four or five people and then that middle section just gets bloated. So, for instance, remember the big the big hullabaloo of Kyle O'Reilly coming to AEW when his NXT contract ran out? Ooh, missing in action. Where he at? Where is he? And Bobby Fish just well, fell man. off the. Uh, well, well, I, I'm I mean, cold. Was like I'm busy yeah. with the Bucks. Y'all gotta go. Y'all yeah, gotta y'all, 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 y'all be over here doing stuff. So, like that. That for me, it goes back to my original point of. The new toy gets played with like at Christmas for about maybe what four days, yeah. and then you put it away because your attention span is that of a tuna fish, and you just want to play with the next toy. 
So again, roster bloat. And Tony came out, I think maybe a couple of days ago, there's a new wave of contract expirations coming up and he's not going to be re-signing everybody. So that's how you cut the fat for one. But number two, man, stop trying to grab every single headline with every single signing like you're evolved circa 2017, 2018. And then you're going to be left like Gabe Sapolsky thinking, well, shit, how am I going to get all these people on the show when I run a show once a month? So that's where AEW, in my opinion, is heading with all this roster bloat. But again, did we really need Jay White? No, you just realized you've made a mistake. You misquoted yourself. So you had to hit the panic button. Uh, and just again, I, I want to say the women's division, AEW, outside of the meteoric rise of Miss Cargill, you know, notwithstanding. But to Jamal's point about Ruby Soho, when she came in at the pay-per-view in the Battle Royal, won the Battle Royal, had that one instance with Bryce Rensburg after she won, had her match with Britt Baker, and then where'd she go? Didn't she t- have a random team-up with uh, Tay and with Anna Jay? And then all yeah, of a sudden... And she teamed up with Rosa a couple times on Dark, too. Right. And now where's she at? So this keeps being an issue. With, She's in Narnia with Bobby Fish. <laughs> and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. And apparently that's why now Christian Cage is the manager of the Jurassic Express because they're waiting for Marco's uh, contract to apparently expire. So good job, AEW. Way to grab a headline for two weeks. And then where's Waldo? But to be fair, though, do you think that that's a direct response of the internet culture that we live in? Of course. Where everything has to be hot. Everything has to be now. Here everything here, has here to be now. before you even thought of it. It's already there. And everybody's searching for the next big thing. And that's why social media is like heroin. Uh, you know, once you get a taste, you're just off to the races and you're just searching, searching, searching constantly for that next big thing. And that's kind of what this looks like. It looks like a perpetual addiction to buzz. The next surprise. The, the next, next surprise. surprise. The next, the next debut. Next thing. Hey, we, we talked about it last week, how people were talking about Keith Lee last week. And the moment people saw, they went on Twitch People were like, oh, man, I guess not tonight. And it's like people lost interest in the show. It was like it was it was like a switch was thrown. It's right. It's crazy because they fantasy like booked themselves into oblivion. And when it doesn't come to yeah. fruition, it's you know, their 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 lives are over. Um, personally, it should have been Shane McMahon. But <laughs> but that's not the world we live in. Uh, and a little wrinkle, too, to the Keith Lee match with uh, with Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, we saw Matt Hardy walk off, and when we come back from the break, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna touch on Matt real quick, but also uh, his other his brethren who is floating in the universe in the ether right now as he was the next debut, WWE. the next supposed debut, even though his ninety day wasn't even up yet, but people were thinking it was going to be uh, one Jeff Hardy. But uh, we're gonna talk about that when we come back after the commercial break. Uh, we'll be right back and to quote Chuck Rollery, two and two. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you and people like me with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. Now take it from a person like me who sucks at this, it's necessary. They have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, aka no days off. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. Now see for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free, <laughs> I'll reiterate that, for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's pair.com slash free, promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. Again, pair.com, free, QUICKSTART, promo code. Use it, get some free web hosting because, man, I feel like even everybody with the worst business ideas has a website. So feel free to take advantage of that offer that we're giving to you here on Big Gold Belt. So, before the break, we referenced one Jeffrey Hardy coming out, potentially coming out when it was really Keith Lee, even though his 90-day was not available, was not expired at this point. But we saw Matt walk off 
on private party saying he was done with it during the Keith Lee match. Speculation abounds where, hey, are we going to get private party versus the Hardy boys? So here's the question. Jeff Hardy, do we care number one, right? Are we excited as a Hardy Boys fan? Or is it more of like, all right, cheap pop, but they're also in their 40s. They can't do ladder matches or, you know, crazy spots anymore. Is it just the retirement home circa, you know, Hootie the Owl? I, I never cared about the Hardy Boys, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I just doesn't, wasn't really ever a fan of them. Uh, didn't really watch WWE uh, at that time. And the fact that that could be a thing now, I'm willing to let it go because I know that there's a generation of folks that in 99, 2000, 2001, they, um, you know, they, they weren't alive when the Hardy Boys were in their heyday. <clears throat> so they finally get to see what their uncles are talking about, what, they're, what their big brothers are talking about. This is the match that you want to see. And to be fair, if it is the Hardy Boys versus Private Party, uh, it's arguably the best thing Private Party's done in AEW. And it could be a, a good introduction into whatever the rest of their careers are being the Hardys. Um, we've seen Matt, you know, take on this managerial role. We don't know what Jeff wants to bring to the table. Uh, if he was burnt out in WWE, which apparently was the case, then, you know, what would be the case? How far does he want to take it now? Uh, so you do have this element of old school versus new school uh, today uh, in the landscape that would be AEW. So on a couple levels, it could be an interesting show. But realistically, uh, you know, I, I, it's not that I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. It's just that I've seen them in their prime. Right. So that would be like me, you know, taking a kid to a big three match and going like 20 years ago, Lance Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, in my day <laughs> that's gary payton right there you better respect that man and it, you know it, it can be fine but and it's not even a matter of them being old it's just that like i've lived it once mm. uh the hardy's in their prime and it was fine then i don't necessarily need it now but then again i'm i don't i'm not addicted to the to the big pop so i can i can leave it and on that note, I want to bring in uh, two chains into the fold who's been waiting backstage. So he's going to do a uh, Money in the Bank run-in right now. So two chains, uh, welcome to the team again, sir. Good to have you. Good to see you back as we're playing uh, Hollywood Squares right now. I'm in the lower right square for everybody watching on the stream here. Najir, let me ask you two chains. Let me ask you real quick. What's up? One, are you a Hardy Boys fan? And number two, do you care if they reunite in AEW? I can't even believe we're even talking about this. Together, on my on my very very much giant crab stuff for tonight. Here's why I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> for real, I, I don't. I really don't know if there's any bit of buzz for my generation or any generation at this point. At, at, at now. At this point, I'm going to say Jeff Hardy going to AEW is as good as Brody King going to AEW. It's going to happen, and it's like, okay, cool. The WWE Universe loves Jeff Hardy and what he brought to what he brings to that audience for what WWE brings to their fans. He works for that mode. I don't see it working here, and, and it does nothing for me. So, who cares? Well, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a little kinder here. I think there's a little bit of upside to it. It don't need to be anything crazy. It don't need to be anything that involved. But I look at it like this. There are people out there that love some Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. And there are some people out there that love the Hardy Boys together. Lord knows you put that act on the indies and they will sell places out all over the place. They they showed that the last go around when before they came back to WWE. They're still, those guys will be making money in wrestling for ages. I think the key is, though, there's a very short shelf life for how long they can do it. Just like hell, just like when they came back to WWE a couple years ago. Right. There's a short window of them being new and fresh and being something you haven't seen in a while. And then it wears out pretty quick. So I would recommend if they're bringing Jeff Hardy in, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I think that little tease last night with Matt going over the rail, just like he did at that house show before he left WWE. I'm sure that was very much done to get you thinking that oh mm -hmm. the hardy family office is 
gonna be closing up shop soon and we're gonna see a brother showing up so i think the way you do it is very much similar to how you handle sting it's a featured attraction it's someone you can do something with every once in a while he don't need to be around every week but you do a featured match every once in a while with the hardys whether it's private party whether it's some big match on tv with the young bucks or something there there's enough teams there that they could have the occasional match and it would be a thing and Jeff Hardy would bring some star power to things. I think that's all you gotta do with them is you follow the mold that they're doing with Sting and they're there, they're an attraction, but by no means are they a regular part of the show. By no means do you make them tag team champions. You just have them there as a little window dressing and that's all it needs to be. And you could do that for a while and it would work perfectly fine. I think that's the role they can play there. I'd be fine with that. And I can say this, on the indie scene, I did see the Hardys wrestle private party again at HOG uh, with the with also Team 3D, the Dudleys, as a part of that as well. Uh, they actually had decent in-ring chemistry, so I would be interested to see if they could recreate some of that. Obviously, it would be, you know, private party. I forgot party about that. That was lifted. like, what, 2016? 2016 or 17, one of those yeah. two, yeah. It was it was a good match. It was a good uh, triple threat. Uh, you know, each team hit their spots, but it was actually good to watch. So I I, I think if we're going to go that route with private party against the Hardys, that is to what uh, Crab said earlier. That's a great way to get you know private party over you know as something other than just you know tackling dummies for Keith Lee. Uh, it would be interesting to see a match between them and FTR or even Rapongi Vice. You know, the Hardys against them, uh, just to see what ha- even the best friends. You know, just seeing orange pass. Do you? But, but do you really care, or are you just naming stuff? Like, do you really care? Is, I'm, if, no, I'm is the Hardys about to make you get out of bed and buy? No, I'm, not, I'm not saying for me. I'm saying for wrestling fans to be piqued about the Hardys. When we talk about you know fantasy booking, you know the Brad Shepherds of the world are going to be like you know jizzing in their pants talking about oh Orange Cassidy and and Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy and I mean personally I don't care. There's somebody for everybody, but do we care is the question. Like, do we honestly care? Like us here at the table, or should we even almost go as far as saying us as a generation? We do live, as you all say in the first half of the show, we live in a in a in an era now where the internet needs to be appeased. But also, but why? <laughs> but why is your tactic? You know what I mean? And that's why you you're getting this merch. Well, either that or you just want to continue to have this this whole notoriety of saying like we got the newest and biggest and best coming so at this point now it's it's, it's royal rumble booking for the entire year next person comes out next person comes out but mm-hmm. then after a while when the next person come out you forgot who was in there before then and yep. you started to think like wait is that person still in the match like oh he is much like is that person still on the roster oh i guess he is you know so mm-hmm. it, it does nothing. It literally does nothing for me. And and to be honest, to, to be honest, when AEW was 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 red hot in terms of my fandom, in terms of this fantasy book and and what talent may show up, it was when FTR got there, and that's when I was like, I am ready to see okay. who I feel was the best tag team in the world go against other very competitive other tag teams to see what they can do, and that has never manifested to anything. And to be honest. The last time that this that 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 uh, that display of we think we're the best and we're going to go show it was when the Hardys were, were on the Indies. But that whole recipe is gone now. There is nobody saying we're going to take a chance on ourselves on the Indies and face all the best. We can't even get the Briscoes versus FTR for whatever reason. So these things aren't really happening in a way that like does it for me. So I know everyone in there going to be happy like, oh, he's here. He's all elite. He gets the graphic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the next week, you're like, okay, cool. I can't wait for the next person to come out. And then next week, you don't care about the person that came out the, the previous week. It's, it's, it's to but, me, it's But here's specific. the thing, though. I, I think that that's the difference of perspective. Personally, I'm looking at long term. Right. And that's why I said, like, okay, fine. The pop is, the, the next pay-per-view is great. But what happens, <clears throat> what happens in July? So I'm, I, it's not that, I'm not thinking well past the right now. And obviously, the internet isn't. So that, that I think that's the biggest difference in why we're not as excited as we could be because a we've seen it before some of us physically because I'm pretty sure I was at the uh, House of Glory show in um, in 2016 but it's also if we haven't seen that match we've seen something like it where an old uh, older group put over a younger group 
on their way out the door. Um, we've been seeing the Hardy Boys for 25 years. What more do they have to prove? And that's mm-hmm. the thing. So we have perspective on our side because we're old. And a lot of these kids on the internet right now, you're going, look at these old motherfuckers here. Don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and the real is, is that like we've seen it before. So from a perspective of it, like, yeah, the Hardy Boys in AEW could be cool as a one-off short program type of a thing, just to say that you live through that history. Right. But long-term, where does it get us? I think we can all kind of agree and come to the conclusion of uh, not much. And that's a bit deflating. Really? <laughs> and that's a bit deflating when you go, well, short-term game, but long-term goals doesn't really add up. And we're kind of like, well, uh, sure. It's like McDonald's. You know, you know damn well that that's not going to get you through the week, but you need something right now. I mean, that's at this point, where we are. At this point now, like if 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 we're just going to have AW booking MCW shows with a bigger budget, then just call it that. <laughs> oh. Wow. Like I'm saying, hey, we know they when the Hardys come to MCW, they fill that place up. So that's the thing. They move tickets and they'll move merch. There's a market for them, but I think it's just it's a nostalgia thing. And nostalgia has a short window. That's the that's the issue. So they got to be used sparingly mm-hmm. and against the right opponents. I think there's there's a short window for them, and I don't know what you do with them after that. If you split them, hell, we already saw it with Matt Hardy. He's been there for over a year, and he was struggling with his whole uh, his identity is growing stable. So he's a, he's gotta be thrilled. This gives him something to do, but it's not like he was doing great on his own there. So. Yeah. Kind of is this what, is what is. they'll do. We'll get a team extreme, then you know, after like one or two matches, and then they'll do the 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 delete delete gimmick with with Willow and Nero and what have you, and then Praise they'll hits. do that for about two weeks. Feud with Jericho, and then you know they're gonna ride off into the sunset. What I'm not looking forward to is seeing uh, gentlemen, and I'm not body shaming here, but I don't want to see people my age wearing mesh t-shirts. With their guts hanging over, like Ralphus, hanging over your belt, doing the hardy moves when you're 47 years old and bald. Okay? Uh, leave it at Hot Topic. Leave it to the kids. Let them jam out to the hardies. You know, but I don't want to see y'all doing that Hot Topic move circa 2000. Let's just leave it in the past where it belongs like the hardies. But I want people to understand us here. We're not just all pro AEW. We do want to talk a little bit about WWE. Moreover, NXT 2.000. Uh, they seem to be in a little bit of a, a, a trouble, free fall, stalling, what have you. Uh, they bought in, you know, various main roster talents since the rebranding. We had recently, we had AJ Styles with my favorite NXT 2.0 wrestler, Grayson Waller. And now this week we have um, their champion, Braun Breaker, you know, against Santos Escobar doing the typical contract signing. By the way, I didn't know Denim was brought back in, so thank you, Braun Breaker, for bringing full-body Denim back into the uh, fashion lexicon. Add to cart. Thank you. Add to cart right now. Uh, I thought Goldberg did that back on Thunder, but I guess Braun Breaker's bringing it back. But who did we have now from the main roster to try to generate some buzz? Not Will's almost, favorite wrestler. Not AJ Styles. <laughs> shoot, not, not anybody that we would be thinking about. Shoot, not even Bobby Roode. They brought in Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> a loose two-time world heavyweight champion. I oh, mean, come on. Come on now. Well, how you going? I, I don't understand how you say we're going to talk WWE, and then you just literally are just digging the shovel up for the top. I said like, we're talking. I didn't say we like it. I said we were talking. <laughs> literally talking. So now Dolph Ziggler is going to feud with Grandpa Champa. What's going on with NXT? Is it time to press that panic button? Because I feel like they're just throwing everything against the wall, seeing if it sticks. And so far, it's not sticking. So, Will, start us off. All right. Yeah. Ziggles showed up this week. (laughs) And I will give credit where credit is due. For the first time in years, he was actually kind of interesting. So, I will give him that. They found a way to make him interesting, having him crash the party there and getting in uh, everybody's face. I think there is something to be said for taking some of these people on the main roster who don't have much going on. We've talked about this plenty of times before Mm -hmm. and being like, hey, 
How about you go down there, work with the youngsters at NXT for a couple weeks, do a short little tour through there. We've talked about them doing this for ages, and now they're kind of doing it. Like I said, we've seen AJ Styles. Now we're getting Dolph Ziggler. I think as long as it's a short-term little temporary thing, it's perfectly fine. I guess he's going to have a match with Tommaso Ciampa at some point, whether it's just like a TV match or a... I don't know if they'd stretch this all the way out to WrestleMania for the show they do that weekend, but it's probably just a TV match at this point since we got so much time between now and then. But as far as the panic button goes, as far as if they are in trouble, here's what I want to see. As we just mentioned WrestleMania weekend, I want to see this NXT product in front of a crowd that is not the crowd at the Performance Center. And that's finally going to happen WrestleMania weekend. I need to see them in a different environment. I want to see how it's how it's taken by a different crowd. I want to see it in a different building because we haven't seen that yet. It's only been the closed set of the Performance Center with the bright lights and the Nickelodeon colors and all that. We haven't seen this on the road. So until I see that, I think they need to ride it out until then. I want to see what the heck this looks like in front of other fans, in front of a different environment, in a different area. And then once they go there, they could change it up or they could make some adjustments or whatever. But like we've been saying from the beginning with this whole thing, they needed to rebrand things. They needed to get back on the path of it being a true developmental. And that's what it is again. How many people are going to stick around there after WrestleMania? So if they move some people up, that changes a whole bunch of stuff. So I think it's there is reason to possibly tweak the formula is how I'll put it. Panic button, not quite yet. But reason to think, yeah, we need to add some spice. Maybe, maybe. Who wants next in here? I'll get in there. There's literally no reason to panic. I think it is working well right now because one, they're doing something different. NXT 2.0 does not identify with anything else that you're watching right now, which Mm -hmm. is perfect. It has its own identity and everybody, whether you look at the roster, you whether you know it or not, everybody, it's like more and more people are getting opportunities to shine, develop their characters, and to draw interest and grow their fan fan base, whether you like it or you're not. I think there's still a little bit of nostalgia or maybe separation anxiety from the folks loving the black and gold, not wanting to buy into this, thus taking that and applying it to this and not receiving the product for what it is, which, as Damien like to say, this is like the old man grouch here, you know, like you you don't, you you, you gotta like kind of refresh as they did you know they they wiped the colors away they literally tried to remove every single thing that reminded you of regular nxt to present this new product with that being said i'm intrigued because it's different and every time i'm watching it it's always something different aj styles being the nxt was amazing because he had never been there but i think one other time he did not ever work at nxt so that was cool and neither has Dolph Ziggler, who Dolph Ziggler, I think, is one of the best and safest workers in all the WWE. Correct. There's one caveat to that, and it was brought to my attention uh, from talking to uh, uh, Will Washington of, of Grapsity. He says that everybody that feuds with Dolph Ziggler tends to disappear afterwards. And he had an entire list of folks. And I was like, yeah, that 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 definitely checks out. So with that being said... You know, there's a little bit of hesitation as to, uh-oh, what happens to Champa now <laughs> if he ends up uh, <laughs> kissing it off? Yeah, exactly. You know, because anytime Dolph is involved, it, people tend to lose all their momentum and just slowly disappear. But again, I think it is interesting because Dolph has never worked in front of that crowd. Dolph has never been at NXT, so working with Champa, it's great. I also think it's a, it's probably a testament to see is Champa ready to be promoted. Okay. Good point. And this is the person that you tested with. You know, I he's the I, gatekeeper. I, I, yeah, who Dolph is the gatekeeper? Dolph. He's always been the gatekeeper for new talent coming up. I say he's more like the drill sergeant. I think if you can pass his Buddy test, Lee Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I'm intrigued because this is all different. And I mean, it's literally what we were crying about a year or two ago. We're really just like, if somebody has nothing to do, send them to NXT. Look at Mandy Rose right now and Dolph Ziggler. What was he doing, folks? I mean, the Rumble was the clearest testament that he didn't have anything going on. He was in the Rumble longer than I expected him to be. And I think that's a lot because they was like, well, we can't even really even tell any story with him right now. Like, well, just keep him in and and eventually he'll get eliminated somehow. So I think this is a good way to kind of refresh him, but also to to, to work and and, and prep Champa. And also it's a level of intrigue because now you start to think, 
well, who else may come down to NXT now? Are you really getting ready to go down this path that y'all should have been doing a long time ago where if on the main roster you may not have anything going on, send them down to NXT. I, I will buy into that. I, I, I'm i not going to call any names, but there's definitely a couple of other people that should come down the pipeline and get things going and see what happens. And if the crowd takes to them, like how the crowd took to Mandy Rose, maybe give them a run. Give them a legitimate run and see what happens. So I'm with it. I'm not, I don't care about ratings. I don't care about if this person is a known commodity or not. I'm just like that. They're doing something different that isn't like anything else you're watching on TV. Panic. Panic, 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 panic. <laughs> call your wife, call your kids, call the government, call your mama, panic. This is smoking like a true AEW mark here. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> come come on. And, and the reason why is because from what I'm hearing from y'all, NXT seems to be like a landfill. If you don't have anything for them, send them there. If, so it's only, it's if you want to reboot, come down because it's going to be more than two people. Because that's where they dump them. That, that's where the Super Bowl shirts go from the team that doesn't win. They go to NXT. So, wow. okay. If that's the case, is that what you want your developmental you know, company to be? Okay, fine. That maybe that maybe it's not developmental, but if it's a legit third brand, your third brand shouldn't be the island of misfit toys. That's now, true. don't get me wrong. Beanie. I do think I, I do think that um uh, they are trying to build some legitimate stars in NXT that's going to eventually bring them up to the main roster and, and get the pipeline going. We haven't seen any of the uh, name license uh, folks yet, I don't think. Um, but as of right now, what I'm hearing is since they have changed from NXT 1.0 pre-alpha to NXT 2.0 version 1, because I think that it's something's not working. They are missing something. Yes, it is more like the main roster than it's ever been, and I commend them for that. But it's still missing that something that's Star not power. really garnering uh, that connection between the, that missing link between the main roster and NXT. Star power. And that's it. I th- but I also think that that star power comes from the lack of touring. They need to get out there in front of the country, test the audiences in a real way. See what hits, sees what doesn't hits, because it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, these guys aren't stars based on the ratings, but the ratings is a bullshit anyway. What we need to do, it, it ain't Twitter, it ain't Reddit, it ain't tout. Okay, maybe it's a little bit of tout. Little bit but of what we need to do is get people out there and give it a chance to see the product, because as much as I am a mark for AEW, realistically, <laughs> I can say the dynamite is shit on a stick, and it's been in the low since November. So when I went to AEW, I went for Rampage. I went for Dark. I went to see QT to God. That's why I was there. Hey, listen. But with NXT, listen. would I be willing to go if they came? If they came to my house tonight, would I watch a match? Not based on what you guys are saying. Well, uh, well, well listen. T- time out. There's there's a little bit of. There's a, and there's also, a let me let me of... just get this out there real quick. Send your Bengals T-shirts to NXT. Just saying. Listen. Oh, prediction. Also wrong because Bengals winning. Listen, <laughs> there's some discrepancy in what you're saying because you were definitely one of the main people that said that people should be sent to NXT when it was NXT 1.0. Thus, mm-hmm. somewhere down your Reddit uh, uh, post, they didn't say you're right. We do need to do that when somebody has nothing going. And they on. did. But also, while the reason you like Rampage is because you like what Rampage presents, which happens to be the style of what NXT used to be. And I and I agree. That's why I like Ram, uh, not Rampage, uh, Dark. Excuse me. Um, so it's following the same recipe. NST 2.0, I think, had a new makeover, then tried to present a new identity, and that's catching on. But I think you and Will brought up an amazing point. It it does need to tour. That's where they decide if it's working. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people being sit down is like a form of demotion. But I think everybody has seen some of their favorite stars in the NBA or even in baseball. Go down to AAA, go down to the D League, and then eventually come back up at some point. I don't think it's necessarily that, but I also think it is one of those ones where either they're being sent down for business reasons or they're being sent down but, to get back on their feet to, to, to come back up is, to though. be about something. I mean, it worked for AJ. AJ was doing something, was doing, uh, excuse me, AJ was doing a program alongside of Omos. 
broke up with Omos, went down there, did something with Grayson Ryder, comes back up to the main roster, and everybody's like, he needs to win the Rumble. Everybody was fully on board for AJ, like he was, like it was six. But years did that ago. have to do with the fact that he went to NXT, or just because you, they want him to win the Rumble? No, you He's watched him every. I think it's wherever he went, you watched. You was like, oh, what, what's up with that? What is he doing now? Ultimately, they used, used NXT as a way to reboot him as a singles yeah. guy. But but ultimately, to Damien's statement earlier, who's one of your favorite wrestlers on NXT 2.0? And you can't tell me that AJ didn't have a part in that. I couldn't stand him beforehand. Didn't matter before or after. <laughs> but you're watching Grayson Wilder now. No, I'm you're not. Watching. I'm still not watching Grayson Wilder. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, but you you name drop like this guy. Anyway, look, I want I want to say something before we get to the end of the show. When you talk about Panic Button, for me, this it was never NXT right now. It is absolutely Impact Wrestling because Ooh. three things that came out to me that really was like, oh, they're in trouble. The first thing, which happens to be something that was just mind-blowing that i couldn't even fandom up the type the tweet was everybody was going crazy for jay white going through the forbidden door can you please tell me where you seen that at recently and no one cared and i thought because no one cared about jay white and i thought nobody was watching new japan wrestling and i thought the bullet club was done and then i started looking at twitter and I see people talking about if you don't like Jay White, then you don't know what you you never was a Bullet Club fan. Blah 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 blah. Jay White kicked was. down the forbidden door. I'm like, wait a minute. Too- I had people in my mentions last night trying to claim he sold out Madison Square Garden. What? And I had to shut that talk down real quick. Hell no. So I'm just I'm people just, claiming that last night. And I was like, no, 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 no. Okay, like I said earlier about House of Glory, he couldn't even sell out Amazon. Stop that. I'm no. just I'm just confused. Like, is it regardless? This this is this now becomes an issue to impact to me because it's like you have a you had a, a talent, a star, whatever you want to be, that did nothing on your show, and while it was buzzworthy for the night. A bound for glory, and then it went nowhere because you don't got people watching your product. Now everybody's super hyped to see him at AEW, and this is a big thing. I mean, it's to a thing that Tony Khan got him slamming the, the hinges off the forbidden door as if, like, sir, we literally just saw him do this at Impact. Well, didn't and you just make because you're assuming that people watch Impact? No, but everybody watched Bound for Glory. That was the Impact's biggest night. There's not even a question. Everybody was watching. Right, 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 right. But what, so, what so, was their but, buy rate, but he, though? He, it, I, don't, I don't care about numbers, but I'm telling you that people no, but were watching. But because you can't say it was their biggest say Everybody was watching numbers it, you can't do numbers. I, I mean, I can, I'm saying that when Bound Glory was on, all of the internet was watching it that night. It was very definitive and clear by it trending, by all the major outlets oh. covering it. Everybody was watching it. And you, and, and we all knew. internet then. I mean, if you didn't watch Bound for Glory that night with with uh with you so y'all didn't watch Bound for Glory? No. No. <laughs> you you didn't require us as a team to watch Bound for Glory, so I did not. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So yeah, the night for Bound for Glory that was Impact's biggest night that everybody watched it. And I don't it's not even no point if you whatever. They had momentum going. And my issue now is that with them having that momentum, they can't sustain momentum. And for whatever reason that they can't do so, they need to figure that out. They just killed their Twitch uh, feed. Now, they used to show Impact uh, Weekly on Twitch, and then that deal went away because they did the thing with YouTube. But mm-hmm. then they had their retro stream going on, and then now that's dead because now they cut another deal. So now I don't know if they're making their stuff easily accessible or even harder to find. But now I'm right now, I mean, they are literally shifting. Like they're, It's like you're closing your eyes, and they're shifting positions on the chessboard, and they're trying to make it seem like nobody's paying attention. Like, they're definitely in panic desperation mode. They don't they don't have people watching, they don't have people talking, they surely have the talent, but it's just not nothing sustainable now. They have their, their cult fan base. So what did everybody do after Bound for Glory then? I mean, everybody if, if watched them, okay, everybody so everybody did. Everybody did. I mean, all, all of the cosmos felt it. I mean, it was a ripple effect throughout time. There are gonna be people <laughs> on the other side of the universe that are okay, just so, getting so Damian, right now. So Damien Jamal didn't watch Bound for Glory, but everybody was watching Bound for Glory because they wanted to see who was gonna show up and who was going to be the big surprises and the big signings of the night, and no, as well as the biggest title. Where thing. did they go though? If that's everybody what I'm did, saying. where did they go? That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. That's why there's a panic because 
one again i thought jay white showing up i said oh this is good this is good for new japan this is good for him you know he's getting some american uh publicity because no one's watching new japan no one even knows he's the leader of the bullet club no one cared after the other others left so i'm like this is good for him he could gain some american attraction it did nothing it did nothing well, and before that, you before you even came on two chambers in the first segment, we talked about the fact that Jay White did nothing for Chris Bay, but Chris Bay, I feel like, did more to give <laughs> Jay White a rub because now people are like, "Oh, who's this dude with Chris Bay?" Jay White is not a commodity in the United States, not at all, except for hardcore wrestling fans. That's that's just how it is, you know. <laughs> the people yeah. who know Jay White are already watching these shows. He ain't. He's yeah. not going to bring anyone new to the table. That's the thing. So, so then the question is, did Jay White bring people to Bound for Glory and then his posse peace out afterwards? No, no one knew he was going to be there. But because of that night, that was Christian Cage night, uh, you know, going Versus against Josh Alexander, right? Yes. And Deanna Perrazzo and, and Mickey James. So, you know, it, it was a lot of matches and, and a lot of mystery as to who's going to be the inspiration was there. Uh, made their debut. So, like, I'm just, I'm just looking at the card right now. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, Macklin. Uh, uh, was that that was his biggest push of, of of the start of his career? So like there was enough intrigue and also there was enough curiosity for that night that a lot of people more than regular watched the Impact pay per view. That that's what I'm getting at with this. And so even with that, it never sustained anywhere. It it it's like they cannot keep their magic for no longer than the next night or that weekend. We saw this before with Kenny Panic. Omega. It's same Panic. thing. They, they, they have their little stunts they do, but it doesn't maintain. It doesn't Panic. maintain. People will take a peek. They'll take a look, but they don't stick around. And I, I don't know how they can ever change that, honestly. I think they have a, they have a very loyal core fan base. Yes. But how they grow beyond that without getting like a much more major distribution model where either they're – I mean, hell, it goes back to the ROH. At least they're on you know Thursday nights, 8 o'clock. At least they're yeah. a destination as far as that goes. But just being on Anthem and YouTube, that, that ain't going to cut it. They, I, and I don't see how they could be on a bigger platform again, like back in the day when they were on Spike. It's just, I think there's kind of pain in the corner that they're at this level, and that's the level they're going to be at. Yeah, exactly, and I, th- I think that's why I don't hit the panic button, because I feel like ever since I joined you guys on this show a few years back, We've always been talking about Impact, TNA, Hootie, what have you. Is it panic time? No, they're always going to tread water. They're not going to be any better than what they are. I'm just, I, look, I, I know we're on our time here. So I, my last quick statement is that most times you get momentum, you build off of it, and you go north. <laughs> they literally are like Sonic, you know, deep in the water, and that air bubble comes to them. They're like, yes. <laughs> Five five more seconds. <laughs> right. So. so so real quick then, we're talking about the momentum that Impact may or may not have squandered. When did when did NXT get to that point where they were uh had that impact that that level of interest to squander? Because uh, Impact at what, least plateaued. Has NXT gotten to that point yet? Not since this, no, it's not that? time yet. Nope, not time yet. And you and you you already answered your question. They got a tour. We got to see what this does on the road. That's how we know. That's the true assessment. Right. I so if, agree if with Impact you. has that much going forward and you're still ready to hit the panic button, then for with NXT, I got a golden sludgehammer and I'm going to mash that shit until it's, oblivion. It's, it's apples and oranges to me. NXT 2.0 is new. They're almost a new promotion, essentially, because it's all new. Impact has have, have, has global stars. Kenny Omega on your card. And you can't do anything with it. That's a problem. Well, that was the thing we even said. I think Jamal was the one that said it too when Kenny uh, wrestled with Rich Swan that he was wanting Rich Swan to win because that would generate more buzz. All of us did. Swan beat Kenny Omega. Shot themselves in the foot. Shot themselves. I never better Baltimore again. I'm exactly, exactly. Shout out to Brian Waters. So since we up on that, we up past the hour. Uh, Jamal, you got any news? Any uh, indie spotlight you want to hit us well, with? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I do have news, but I'm, I'm going to make it you know really, really quickly and say that the big match this weekend, the one that you need to watch or go to, is Warrior Wrestling in Chicago. It's at Kicker Row Stadium, uh, WarriorWrestling.net. If you need your tickets, uh, Thunder Rosa versus Athena is Athena's first match back. It is uh, Saturday, February twelfth. 
Uh, the VIP Fan Fest with all of the talent at 4.30 uh, Central Time. Uh, bell Time is 7 p.m. Uh, some of the matches, other than Athena versus Rosa, the acclaimed versus Casey Navarro and Brian Cage. So if you want to see Brian Cage work this year, you got to go to Warrior Wrestling. Um, <laughs> the Briscoes uh, versus the Work Horsemen, um, the War Horse, ooh, and, but Dalton Castle's fun. Um, uh, Bandito versus Dante Martin. It's a hell of a card, top to bottom. And the centerpiece is Thunder Rosa versus Athena. Hot damn. That's the that's the show that you need to be at, warriorwrestling.net, uh, this Saturday, February 12th, uh, outside of Chicago at Kicker Row Stadium at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. I know that I'm going to uh, not be there in Chicago, but I will be there on fight. So that's a good time. And then, of course, Terminus is next week, and I will have more information once they drop the goddamn match card. Come on, Gresham, what are you doing? We're waiting for it. So we need that match card for Terminus, and we'll have that for next week. And um, as far as news goes, the biggest thing is Akaroshita did an interview with uh, Wrestling Daily in J- with Wrestling Pro Weekly in Japan. It's a good inter- article if you could find it uh, and translate it to English. But basically, she really goes into depth of the, of the struggles of being a Japanese wrestler in America in AEW. And some parallels to what Swole has been saying. 